1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. For all, for all NBA
2: warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with
3: Matt and Justin.
2: What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. But we have a third person with us today, and it is Mr. Kenny Carraway. Um, our our brother from J Street Vives, another Odyssey podcast, but also and you may probably know him from ESPN 1320 right in um, Mm -hmm. Sacramento so we're so excited Kenny is on today because we got some things to get into we are going to do a preview for y'all but the first thing I just have to know before we get into it Kenny is I need you to tell me why Sacramento Kings fans believe that y'all offense this year is better <laughs> is better than the Warriors offense when we had Kevin Durant on it? Please talk all to right, me, all
3: right. me. All right, all fans right, they are not
2: really this crazy.
3: All right, so we podding right now. Obviously, we podding. Let's just go, So we podding right off the, right off the rip. All right. all right, I'm with that. All right. So, so here's the thing. And in, in that, Justin, I I I I've checked out you guys where I got love for y'all. I got love for y'all. Okay. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm gonna I'm let that be known off top. But I'm gonna be saying I went on a rant today on the show. Many warriors fans be crying, boy. Y'all be whining, man. My God. I ain't never seen winners whine. So I got a championships. I'll be crying all the time. But look, let me let me explain what goes on. And okay. 957, those are my people over there at 957 the game but they did my man James Ham a little dirty on that one because what James said was, well, the caption was different. So on the tweet, on the cut, mm-hmm. the caption was like, James Ham, I've been in the Warriors locker room, dot, dot, dot. They're, this King's offense is better than the Warriors one ever did. And I was like, damn, James, like, why would you say that? And yeah. then I looked into it. <laughs> why I would into, you say that? Yeah. I, I listened to it and he didn't he didn't exactly say that, right? Like what what and if you're like um you know if you're paying attention to what he's saying, like I I what he said, number one is right, and I get it. He's not saying the offense is better, like it's better. They would cook the the championship where he's not saying that. He's talking about statistically, they had the highest offensive rating of all time, points per game. I think they finished at like 121, maybe 120. That's the highest points per game in the history, not in the history, in the last 40 years of the NBA. I think the last team to have one higher was the 82, 83 Nuggets. So, like, that's all he's talking about. I talked to that, Jan- like, I, I know that's all he's talking about. He's not saying, like, this offense is way better than K. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody's, nobody's saying that at all. But statistically, they got the highest offensive rating in the history of the game, and they've averaged more points per game than any team in the last 40 years. And that's that's all it is. But Warrior fans get a hold of it. Then NBA Central get a hand of hold of it. Then Kyle Kuzma get a hand of hold of it. And it, it went crazy. So that's that's all that was about.
2: And you know what? I wasn't even gonna go in on your boy because it was some twi- Twitter account, um King's Muse who I went in on <laughs> because
3: Hey, shout out King's Muse, man! Shout out King's Muse. King's
2: Mills tried to troll <laughs> Warriors fans and was like, "Oh, Warriors fans are just discovering they don't have the greatest offense of all time." I was like, "Wait a minute."
3: So, so, when I they did play go, play I did go in on him
2: a little bit, or yeah,
3: her, no, I I you, know him know, him you, you did him. go in, I saw you, I saw you, So, that's why I said
2: like, that. That's what I said, like, wait, do they actually believe this? in Sacramento?
3: Yeah. So yeah. I, just,
2: I wanted to understand what's in the water there, or if there's that's
3: something. we talking about off, and, and 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 people put the caveats on there and all this, and that's fine. But the, the fact is, they got the highest offense rating in the history of the game. Thank now, you can talk about. You you could talk about um the way the game's being played this year, scoring's high, all this other stuff. If if the Warriors with KD and her, if they would have like knew that was a thing, maybe they would have went for it and and blew it out the water. They, I don't know all that. All I'm saying is they have the highest offense rating in the history of the game.
2: Okay, so what does that mean though in the grand
3: scheme? You so you don't have have that. What do, I'm it. saying
2: like do 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 the does that mean like they have an edge over the Warriors because of that now? Like what what does that mean
3: anyway? No, nah, what that means to me is this is a this is a potent offense. And I think Warriors fans are kind of sleeping on that. Warriors media kind of sleeping on that. This is a potent offense. Like they just they get buckets. They get buckets. Like mm-hmm. and nobody's been able to stop them all year long. And I think that's going to continue in the playoffs. I mean, they score 120 a night. I did a study a little while ago, you know, teams with the with the highest um, points per game in the regular season tends to go down like four to five points in the postseason. That's still what 117, 116. This year, when they scored 115 or more, they were like 35 and nine or something like that. Like they they scored. They scored 130, I think 20 times. And I forgot they were like 16 and two. I wish I had all the numbers in front of me. I look at this stuff all day, but like when they when they score, they win. That's usually what it is. And I don't. I think uh, a lot of people here in Sacramento feel they're gonna score again against the Warriors. Uh, it's not the Warriors. It's not that the Warriors can't keep up. But what's been shown so far this year is when the Kings are able to score, they're gonna win. This is what I. This is what I've continued to say. I hope you guys follow me on this one. If you can't beat the Kings. By trying to outscore them, if that makes sense. Like you're not like if you think you're gonna get in the shootout and beat them one thirty five, one thirty four, they're gonna win that game every time. They're gonna win it every time. You think so? Absolutely. Over oh, the Warriors too? Do you do the Absolutely. Are you Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that doesn't oh, mean, no. that, but but hear but hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. though. Hear what I'm saying. See, Warrior fans getting all day. <laughs> well, I'm Warrior fans. Hear what I'm saying. That's not the way to beat the Kings. Like you, you can. We've seen the blueprint to beat the Kings a number of times because when you're playing 135, 134, you're playing their game, their best at their game. You may get them once, twice, whatever the case may be. I don't think you're going to get them in a series if both teams is averaging like 125. Like that's Kings basketball. What the Warriors, if they're going to beat the Kings, they're going to have to do is they're going to have to shut off that water. Like it's not going to be a shootout and they're going to win. The Warriors are going to have to shut off that water. They're going to have to D de- de- up stop them in in critical times and get the critical stops and make this game – if I had to say, they they need to make the – they need to get the Kings in like 113 or something like that. Like get them there, and then that's when – that means the Kings probably aren't hitting the three ball. Uh, It means they're probably not getting to the line the way they are. And with the defense that is a little suspect in Sacramento, you're still going to score. Like if you're on the opposing team, you're still going to score. You're still going to get your 120. But if you try and beat the Kings 125, 120, they're going to win every time. I'm telling you, they're going to win 120, 125. You beat them by beating them 121-15. Okay. Well,
2: I have thoughts,
3: but I want Justin to go first. No, no. No, I mean, I was just going to say,
4: (laughs) I was just going to say, I mean, the Warriors are right right up there as far as, um, you know, offensive potency when you, when you look at the team, being all together you know what i mean obviously you got Stephen clay who can outshoot anybody mm-hmm. in the history of the game i feel pretty confident about that as a team yeah i do think you know from top to bottom the kings have a little bit more offense right just individual players right you got guys like sabonis who's more of a scorer pass or he's just draymond can pass too but he's more of a you know scorer than draymond is and looney is and stuff like that they got shooting all up and down the roster Whereas with the Warriors, a lot of their scoring punches in the backcourt in the perimeter specifically, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if I, if I can say like if you try to outscore the Kings, if they, I think the Warriors can beat them either way to be honest. But yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree that the Warriors should focus more on trying to shut the water off because I think that's more of the Warriors' like like um, makeup. Like, like over the course of dynasty, they're they're. They're hard hat, like they're paying their hat on defense and being able to get stops when it matters, and then letting mm-hmm. Steph and Clay carry the offense in those moments. Uh, but I don't know if I agree when you say like oh, if you really? try to outscore the Kings, they go.
3: Uh, I'm, the, they I'm just, tell you, I'm just telling you what it is all year long. Like I said, man, I wish I had these numbers. But we
2: beat, but the Warriors beat the Kings
3: They only barely played three times. Okay, yeah, you don't want to go. Go. okay. Okay, but even if
2: you say three times, they still won two yeah, to yeah, one,
3: right? So absolutely. That's they've already true. done that this year. Yeah, right. they done that. They've done, it. and it took the second game. It took Steph going into God mode. I think Steph had forty-seven. But he can he do Steph that. Twenty-five. Yeah. He absolutely can do that. But if you, I'm gonna That's tell true. you right now. When, when was Steph that
2: game was, played?
3: Uh, November. I want to say it was the, about the. 13th game of the season
2: so when clay hadn't yet rounded into form so now you got clay as clay
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and steph mm-hmm.
2: as steph mm-hmm. and you feel confident that the guys on that team can raise their level to game six clay and Stephen wardell Stephen curry the best I, shooter of all time
3: no i mean absolutely i mean those two those two are are formative splash brothers are the greatest shooting backcourt of all time maybe the greatest backcourt of all time like they're they they it's not a uh see this is what happens, okay, with Warrior <laughs> fans and kings fans, Like I ain't sitting up here telling you there ain't no chance the Warriors are gonna do it. Absolutely, it's the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely. We've seen them win in every situation. They absolutely can get it done in a shootout. They absolutely can get it done with with Steph and Clay and there, no doubt about it. They're, I'm not saying it's it's Jordan it's, Poole. It's Jordan Poole I, 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 there's no doubt about it. All right. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I've seen it a number of different times this year. I think the Warriors might have got them in one of those games, uh, where they scored more than uh 115. But
2: the first one, yeah, game one, 130 to 125.
3: Yeah, that's not the formula to beat beat the kings. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I'm giving you guys the blueprint, like I'm giving you what it is. Like, I, I'm not saying uh, I agree. I'm telling you, like, if you, if you want to beat them. It's it you want to you want to defend. We've seen that a couple of different times. Saw so with Boston. We saw it with Toronto. That are two games that stuck out right there that gave the Kings fits because the defense and the length on the perimeter was a problem for Sabonis. It was a problem for Sabonis. Minnesota. Did the same thing uh, a couple of weeks before the end of the season. Like that's the blueprint. But if you try to score with them, hmm. I'm not worried about if the Warriors are right worth
2: anyone. I just don't think that's the blueprint ever. I think it should always be defense, like Justin said. But speaking of defense, can mm. the Kings defend? Because they are one of the worst defenses in the league. So I'm not saying that the Warriors have been a great defense. Hold on, man. give me, reason. give me
3: two sec- give me two seconds, give me. Two, let me go give the baby girl real quick. Give
2: okay, no three. problem, no problem, oh. Justin. You know because we know that the Warriors have the ability right to raise their defense to be like a top five defense we know that but i'm curious i don't think that the kings can
4: i don't either um i think in particular just based on roster construction they don't have enough athletic enough athleticism in their front court they got a lot of size but sabonis is not like a rim protector he's not a guy that can switch um keegan murray's a rookie right like um so there's going to be some things that he gets thrown into defensively, some situations that he gets thrown into defensively that I don't think he's equipped to to play in just yet in his career. Um Harrison Barnes is a little is a step slower than what he was when he was, you know, in his prime. So and then there are other guys like Trey Lyles and Alex Flynn and stuff like that. I don't know how much Alex Lynn's going to play, but Trey Lyles, um I just don't trust those guys on the perimeter switching on the staff, switching on the JP stuff like that. You know, they're crazy it's be so- tough.
3: All this blasphemy about the king. She said, "Hold on, hold on, Dad. Let me let me talk to him real quick." I ain't, I ain't trying to hear, I ain't trying to hear,
2: Beauty, hey, yeah. in the conversation. We're gonna yeah. turn you into a Warriors fan so you can root for the right. I, I
3: already lost my son. My son is already a Warriors. Fan. Oh, <laughs> oh man,
4: She's
3: gonna be with Art me, boy. Yeah, she with me. She with me. But but I appreciate you guys. You so. know,
2: the ladies yeah. love the Warriors players too. So I mean, I think that's who she should be with.
3: She's running with the Kings, man. She lighting the beam out here, man. That's what she's doing, man.
4: <laughs>
3: but no, I appreciate you guys being uh flexible. But oh, um of course. Of but you're you're gonna, you gonna ask me about the defense. You're asking me about the well, kings. Yeah.
2: Defense. I mean, Justin and I were just saying that you know, the Warriors, while we acknowledge they haven't had, like, a great defense all season, we've seen them turn it on and become, like, that top five defense we know they have the ability to do. Yeah. But, like, the Kings, in my opinion, from what I've observed, and you know this team better than me, but it seems like their plan is always to out-offense everybody. So, what, like, what is going to be their game plan going in? Because I think, like, it's the playoffs. you got to play defense. You have yeah. to do it.
3: So, so here's, so here's the thing with that. It's a couple of things. So, number one, the Kings, they're not a good defensive team, um, in its totality. They are an opportunistic team. They do play defense in spurts, and usually, and this is almost like a Warriors formula, at least from way back, and I think the Warriors still do it today, is they don't really play defense, or they'll play defense for about five minutes, and you combine that with an offensive explosion, and all of a sudden the game's over. Like that's, that's what happens a lot in Golden State. I think that's what happens a lot here uh, with the Kings. One weird dynamic with them is they're not very good defensively at home for whatever reason. I think they're in the mid-20s, mid to low-20s uh, with a defensive rating at home. On the road, they're like ninth in the league in defense. And I don't know what that's all about. I, I have no answer for it. I don't know why they're better defensively on the road than they are at home. Um, isn't their
2: record also better on the road than
3: it is? The best record in the Western Conference on the road, they got like 23, I think they're like 23 and yeah, like, three right here, like 23 and uh, 18 or excuse me, 25 and 16 um, on the road so not really sure what that's all about, um, but they're an opportunistic defense, I'd never look at them or classify them as some type of defensive juggernaut, but they are capable of turning up on the defensive end and when that when they're able to do that, a lot of times that coincides with a little bit of an offensive explosion. And that's where they gain their separation a lot in these games. So um, I'm interested to see what they do on the defensive end. Mike Brown's a defensive coach. Um, he's going to be locked in for a series now. It's a little different than a regular series, regular season. So you can scheme a little bit different um, in these playoffs. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're not they're not a good defensive team. They haven't shown themselves to be a good defensive team. All year. So I wouldn't expect that to miraculously change in the postseason.
2: Okay. Before we get into some of these individual matchups, because I'm curious to hear what you're going to say. Um, you mentioned Coach Brown. We love him, miss him mm-hmm. over here. But um is he your your pick for for coach of the year?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's been a lot of people trying to like make different arguments for other uh other coaches and then Mark Dagnall and OKC he's done a phenomenal job. You want to talk about Michael Malone? He's done a phenomenal job. Um, bigger staff in Cleveland done a phenomenal job. Tim Thibodeau, There's a lot of you know really good candidates, uh, but it's got to be Mike Brown. I mean, what he's done with this Sacramento Kings team, getting them to the third spot, um, breaking that 16 year drought. I know it's a one season uh, uh, award, but I mean, you can't tell, you can't talk about the season without talking about the story. Like that, that has a lot to do with it. And it's not even a situation where um he took over that team they made some kind of trade or deal and everybody was like yo this is a team watch out for them they're gonna come I mean people were still laughing at the kings at the in the preseason um saying a in team at best and not only were they you know uh more than a playing team I mean he had them up at the at the two seed at, at one point in March so uh Mike Brown absolutely we we love him here as well yeah, That's our guy um yeah he's Culture of the year yeah,
2: Okay. Sure. And, and speaking of awards, um, everyone's saying that um, De'Aaron Fox is a shoe in for Clutch Player of the Year, but...
3: respect on his name, now. Put some respect on his name.
2: No, I love him. I'm a Fox <laughs> guy, but I'm just like saying like, okay, that's cute and all, but what about like some of the more prestigious wor- awards? Do you think he's going to make an all-NBA team this year?
3: I think he should. Um, there's a couple... Uh, we broke this down. It all comes together just because we talk on the show all the time, but um i think we talked about like all nba and the guards we talked about um uh i think steph we said steph should be on there even with the missed games uh i think we talked about dame willard having to be on there shea sga should be on there uh so that's three they're probably going to put luke on there so that's four <laughs> and now you got the last two two spots Absolutely. all these
2: guys who not even in the playoffs i gotta uh, tell you you know I, tight I, with right with me
3: Look, Luca don't need to be in there. Dame, that, Luca and Dame don't need to be in there. I put, I put. And they're Dame higher than third
2: team if you're gonna put them in there.
3: No, no, no. I'd put Dame over there. I wouldn't put Luca in there, um, because, well, maybe because I like Dame a little better. But I, I I'd, I'd put Dame in there. But um, yeah, De'Aaron Fox absolutely should be part of the top six when you talk about guards and make the All NBA team. Sabonis is an absolute shoein. He's a, he's a lock to be on the All-NBA as a center. They do this weird thing where I think with the voting, they they say forward for Sabonis as well. So I think they're trying to open up the door for if they try to put Anthony Davis in there that they'll, uh, you know, Anthony Davis can, can get on there. You ain't got to worry about it. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're trying to open up the door for that. But, I mean, yeah, the Kings would have two All-NBA players for sure.
2: Justin what are your thoughts on awards we haven't talked about it at all this year I mean a little bit just like saying like Steph should be on there um mm-hmm. and I think that Lucas shouldn't but we haven't really dug into that do you have any thoughts on all NBA
4: yeah I definitely think you should kind of take some points off of guys who don't make the playoffs for sure I mean that's the whole point of playing the games is to to win and see you know where the where your team ends up at the end so um if not deducting points for guys who don't make it, you should give extra points to the guys who do make it, and especially guys mm-hmm. who are top three seeds. You know what I mean? So I definitely think uh, Fox and Sabonis should be locks for all NBA teams. Now where they end up, uh, I'm not really sure. I got to really look into like all the candidates and stuff like that. But yeah, we know Steph should be there. If If not first team, definitely second team. I think he should be first team though.
3: Um,
2: I saw a ballot from Shane Young today that had for his first team, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I and, Donovan.
3: and Donovan definitely need to be on there and
2: Shay um, for his first team first- and then Steph's second team. And I don't know that I'm comfortable giving Shay. I know that he's had a comfort, like a great season, but I'm not giving him first team either.
3: Shea, this, uh, I, I think that, that's fair, man. Shea's been ridiculous. Shea's been ridiculous. Bro, they're
2: like a 10th seed, man. Like, I'm sorry.
3: He's been there all year. I think he's, he's,
4: he's, I think he's giving Shea a nod because the games played. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He played 68, Steph played 56, but it's like, that's not big enough gap for me, in, in my opinion. Like, 6 versus 10th seed. Steph's obviously one of the better, best players in the league, like, top, you know, whatever. We think he's top one over here, but. Uh, Shay ain't She ain't at that level Absolutely
2: <laughs> is. We're not having that conversation today Um <laughs> we're having that conversation today
3: I love Steph 30 is, 30 is probably the only person Well, I like Jordan Poole too because he went to Michigan But 30 might be the only person I like on the Warriors but What?
2: Hold on You just crazy. like Warriors players
3: That's crazy I, 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 I mean, like Looney, I like Looney. Uh, When
2: the so- Kings wasn't doing nothing You wasn't even giving them a little love
3: hell no (laughs) see east coasters that's not that's not what that's not what's going on out here this that's why this is so crazy like it's it's there's
2: NorCal southern california beef but like between NorCal, y'all got beef too
3: we cool everywhere else right like football niners you know niners and raiders on the radio baseball giants a's but basketball no we love the Kings and that's all we love out here. And then there's this whole other little dynamic of, you know, all these Bay area people coming out here and, you know, and and, and, and trying to infiltrate Sacramento and moving out here because it's too expensive to live in the Bay area. No, have your top ramen and stay living in the Bay area and we'll stay out here in our, in our nicely priced home. Don't be trying to come out here because it's a little cheaper. So it's a whole, it's a whole little dynamic going on. And this series, this series is opened it all up. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, it's,
2: look, it. let's talk about that because one of the things Justin and I keep saying is that this is going to be a quasi home series for the Warriors. Yeah. You know, um, how, what percentage of that arena do you think is going to be filled with Warriors fans?
3: Ten max. Ten max. This he is the, pretty low to me. So, so, so this is what this is what I would say about that. Um, Because there are Warrior fans out here. There's there's people that, like I just said, moved from the Bay Area, coming into Sacramento. And the Kings haven't been good in 15, 16 years. So there's a whole generation that they've lost as far as like kids and people who were like 10 years old last time the Kings were good. Now they're 25 and they're grown. They might have went with the Warriors. So there's an element of that. I'm not. I don't dispute that at all. But this means too much to this city this particular first two games coming up and you see it in the ticket prices. Some of that is because of the warriors, but some of it is because it is the first playoff game in 16 years. And here's what I said. Not that the warrior fans don't travel or wouldn't travel, but when you talk about like, I was talking to my, my uh, boss today at the radio station and he's selling tickets and he's like lower level, halfway up through the world, lower level or whatever. He talking about it's about big $2,800 for two tickets so if you're a Warriors fan like yeah you love the Warriors but part of the reason why you would come to uh Golden One Center a lot of the times is because it was generally cheaper to go to Golden One than it was to Chase well for this series it's double the prices that it is to go to a playoff game and Chase so at this point if you're trying to go to a playoff game just go to Chase like that's what I'm like there I know the Bay Area got a ton of money they got money you know, more money than anybody that you could think of. But $2,800 for, uh, for one game, for two seats. Come on, man. Like, when you can go – when you can have the same um, seats in Chase Center for half that, just get the ones at Chase Center. Because it doesn't mean that much. With the Warriors, is a first-round – series against a team that they think is sorry they think they're gonna handle easily they think they're gonna mop the floor i know nat thinks that it's easy work all right so so what i I don't think that three three racks for 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 sorry first round series they ain't gonna do that
2: um let's put a friendly how many
4: (laughs) how many um how many warriors fans i'm gonna say how many warriors fans do you think are just already there not traveling though
3: yeah. No, they're they're I they're think here. 10%. No, they're, I think they're way underestimating. They that might be the 10%. Like that might be the 10%. And then you'll have some that travel. But but the whole point is like Kings fans for the for the most part, there are some that are like, look, this is a lick. Like I can get three racks off of these playoff tickets. I'll just go to game two. Or I'll go to game, or I'll go to game one and sell my game two. Like that might happen, but the whole basis of it is, is it means more to Kings fans than it does the warrior fans. Right? Like if all things considered, if you t- went to a Warriors fan and was like, even in ones that live in Sacramento and you were like, Hey, for $1,500, you can go to game three and four, three or four, or for $3,000, you can go to game one or two. Like, all right. It's not that big of a deal. I'll just go to chase center. And I think that's, what's going to happen a lot in this series, particularly.
2: You make valid points. I tried. I definitely didn't consider, but I still want to put a wager on it. Like, I don't know, some Which gummy
3: hairs or what something. I don't,
2: I don't, I don't gamble for money. Justin knows this. He always gets on me, but <laughs> I don't know. We have to figure out like some good, like something because I think I think it's at a minimum 30%. 30%. Yes, thirty percent. I said forty percent, but nah. you have talked me into believing maybe it's going to be a little less. But I think ten percent is nah. hella low,
3: and it's not. It's not. Um, once again, hella. It's not,
2: Did you peep that? Yeah, I, I hear
3: you saying hella. See, no, only-
2: because see, I normally would say mad, and Marcus Thompson be getting on me, hating on me. Like, <laughs> if you go cover this team, you gotta say hella.
3: So yeah, you gotta get, you gotta get that hella in. I was, I, you know what, I got. I got love in the East Coast, man. So I probably would have said mad myself. I'm not your typical West Coast guy. Okay. But I probably would have said mad myself. But yeah, 10 is about right. It just means more to the uh the Kings fans than it does the Warriors fans. That's 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 my argument for that.
4: He sold you, Justin.
3: This girl got me sweating like Patrick Ewing up in here, man. Goodness gracious.
4: I mean, a little a little bit, a little bit. We just gotta see. Cause you did make a good point, but you just never know until you actually see it. So, um,
3: they're gonna be in there. Yeah. They're gonna be in there, Justin. I, I'm not gonna act like either they way, not. they're gonna be in there.
4: Yeah, I think, either way, like, I think from a travel standpoint for the players, that's what makes it more of like a quasi home thing because they don't gotta fly or they don't got, you know what I mean? If the arena is packed with Kings fans, 90%, I, don't, I think the Warriors would still be comfortable because they've been in a bunch of series where they have no fans in the, in the stands, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think they'll, I'll say, they'll be, they'll be fine.
3: I'll, I'll say this to you guys. And this is, see this, well, i tell you, man, it's crazy, man. These Warrior fans, these Warrior fans, it's crazy, <laughs> boy, I tell you, man. Look, but they always talk about, they talk about, man, travel for the Warriors, it's going to be great. They just got to take the bus, you know, and they're going to be good. It's just coming up the road. It's all good. They saying that, like the Kings are taking a flight from Sacramento to Egypt and then they'll go to San Francisco. Somehow the kings don't have the same travel schedule. Somehow it ain't ain't
0: good for the kings. (laughs) No, I agree that it is.
2: I've actually said that. I said, you know, we've been talking about, I tweeted something like this. I said, we've been talking about like that this was beneficial for the Warriors. But we didn't contemplate that, like, maybe also the Kings want that. Because a lot of people thought the Kings would just not want to see the Warriors. They thought the Clippers would be their preferred team. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, when they sat out their guys for that final game, I'm like, y'all, maybe the Clippers is just like, yo, we don't want to travel either like that, you mm-hmm. know? And maybe that's more beneficial for them. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not close enough to the team to know. But yeah. do, do you think that they had a preference on who they played?
3: Um, I think anybody has a preference. Like if you ask them, like, all right, you've given me the choice. Like I'll tell you out of that group who I'd rather play. So I'm sure they had a preference, but I don't think they're really tripping off of it. I mean, th- this team, um, are pretty focused. They're pretty like uh, realistic with how the playoffs work. They're like, You gonna have to play good teams anyway. So it doesn't matter who you're playing in the first round, second round. Like they're all good. It's the playoffs. So Every, and the other thing with the Kings is I think everybody that they went up against or potentially could have went up against, they all pose their own pros and cons, right? Like if you, played, yeah. um, if you played the Clippers, you know, and I'm speaking more so with Paul George around or whatever, but if you played the Clippers, you know, you got to deal with those guys. You got to deal with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. There's a deep roster or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, there's an advantage of – You know, you've played them. you've beat them three times already. You've taken their best punch. You know what they, you know, there's, there's pros and cons everywhere. There's pros and cons with the Warriors. The Warriors, you got to deal with Steph Curry. You got to deal with Klay Thompson. You got to deal with Jordan Poole. But at the same time, one of the things that gives the Kings problems traditionally this year has been size and length. So going up against a Minnesota or the Lakers or the Pelicans, that's something that you might not have wanted to do. You go up against the Warriors, even though you have to go up against Steph and Clay. They're not really, you know, the biggest team inside. They don't have rim protection. And that plays a little bit more into the way the Kings like to do. They're not going to slow the ball down as much. They're going to get up and down and play your style of basketball. So that's the pro to it. So I, I think when you looked at the whole thing and you looked at everything that was going down, maybe you wanted to play the Clippers because Paul George is probably not going to come back this year. But other than that, everybody presented their own pros and cons. I don't, I don't think it was really true. Cool.
5: London. for more go to odysseycom Taylor Tay in the UK it's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.